Hi, we're TNTV, a podcast for TV addicts. I'm Price. And I'm Elizabeth. Today we're discussing The Bold Type Season 1, Episode 4, If You Can't Do It With Feeling. Hi, everyone. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Price. Hi, everyone. (laughs) How are you? I'm all right. It's a Monday, so, you know. It is a Monday. Yeah. That is correct, yes. (laughs) What tea are you drinking? I am drinking... So, it's the same company that made the chai tea that I got last time, but um, it's this... Well, so they're called the Chai Diaries, which I found hilarious and adorable. Um, <laughs> but I'm drinking a blood orange tea, and it also yes. has hibiscus in it, so it's very flowery. Oh my gosh, that sounds really good. It Mine is, also- it is. It's like, it's not too flowery. It's like nice and bitter because of the orange. I'm a big fan of it. What are That's you drinking? Good. Yeah. Much what improvement from your last one where you literally made a face and couldn't you know, finish it. <laughs> you know, it grew on me as it like cooled off a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think I really just needed some milk. So what tea are you drinking? I am also drinking tea with hibiscus in it. Uh, blackberry hibiscus. Mm-hmm. I got it at the store this weekend. And I got to be honest, the only reason I bought it was because the picture on the front was really pretty. Can I see the really, picture? Yeah, it was really pretty like purple. Like That is really pretty. It's just like out i'm like all right that's it that's the one there's nothing so, wrong with judging a book by its cover yeah but i definitely want to go like there had there weren't a lot of options at the store so i need to there's a tea store at uh market that i know of that i want to check out so maybe i'll actually step up my tea game like you are we're getting so fancy yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about the bold type episode four, and we might not. This might not be a very long episode. Yeah, uh, we we really liked this episode, but we kind of feel like it was a little bit of a filler. Um, yeah. There wasn't anything super controversial. We had to research for a full day. Anything yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, still very, very enjoyable 43 minutes, but I feel like not a whole lot of stuff happens until the very end. So so that's good, though. So this will be nice and quick. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with uh, Jacqueline first. Jacqueline, 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 Jacqueline. We haven't talked about her in a while, but she actually kind of had a little bit of a storyline. So you want to take it away, Elizabeth? Yeah, this episode, Jacqueline has her own storyline. She admits that she's a little bit behind the curve um, and that she wants to have a political vertical. Uh, She says that the women reading her magazine are interested in politics and she wants to inform them. But unfortunately, she has to go to the board first and get their approval. And then ultimately, after having these great mentorship moments with Kat, she's reminded that she doesn't need to ask for permission and she decides to just do it anyway. Yeah, and I feel like Jacqueline's storyline really highlighted this frustration that a lot of people feel. And I know that you and I have both experienced about um, having to ask permission from your superiors when you have more knowledge on the subject. Yeah, I've I've definitely come across that where I was explaining something that I was doing and I got backed down because, well, sometimes I was wrong, let's be honest. But other times I was right and... They didn't listen, and that's it's just no fun at all. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everyone has kind of had this experience before where, you know, you do something for your job on a daily basis, then you have to justify it to 
someone higher up who doesn't interact with that at all during the day and how frustrating that can be. And I, so it was really nice to see Jacqueline literally just say, fuck it and just do it anyway, because yeah. she knows what's best. And that was great. And it was it was good that we see Jacqueline admitting fault this episode because we hadn't seen that before. Yeah. Well, it was nice to just see like Jacqueline kind of having her own storyline. We haven't really seen that before. She's whenever she's made appearances, it's always through the storylines of Jane, Cat, or Sutton. Right. It's, yeah. So this one was I feel I feel like the first episode where we saw her without them around and actually. Maybe a little I've, in the first episode, yeah. but yeah, no, not really, not as much. Yeah, yeah. so that was cool. Yeah. All right, so we want to move on to Jane now? Let's move on to Jane. 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 Jane Sloan. What, what is Jane up to this episode, Price? Jane has her first orgasm. Literally, the episode starts with uh, Jane and Pinstripe Dude, aka Ryan, having sex all over her apartment and her getting her first orgasm. Um, so that's exciting. And she's feeling on top of the world. She's feeling on top of the world this episode because she gets her first orgasm, struts into work like a badass in these awesome leather pants. Uh, and then she gets invited to speak on a panel about influential political writers under 30. And it doesn't, and she's excited about it, but it doesn't initially go as she expects and she feels out of place. But ultimately, it turns out that she did really well. So, yeah, no, Jane was really cool. Um, and yeah, she gets her own strutting scene. It's great. Like, it starts off, like, at the bottom with her heels and then works up to these fabulous leather pants. And then you see that it's her. And this, her outfit is just amazing. It's the (laughs) exact same way that Jacqueline is presented for the first time, which is so Mm -hmm. badass. Um, Also, quick, quick note. um, The first introduction scene is another scene without speaking and with just music. And let's be honest, the music here is so on point. I think it's the most on-point music with a wordless scene like until now i love this scene um also (laughs) we get this great comedic aside with sutton and cat and so we can laugh along with them while pinstripe and jane are doing their thing it's just it's (laughs) so great they break like at least two lamps in their sexcapades like they're just yeah and poor sutton like i love how she whatever at the morning after she like talks to jane she's because they're roommates and it's like i'm really glad you're having good sex but you know the walls are very thin so maybe yeah (laughs) yeah but you can I'd expect that with roommates. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. So Jane, so, Jane has her first orgasm, which is really great. But I guess, I, I don't know. My first thought when I saw this and it's kind of persisted is that it's really, really great that Jane has her first orgasm, but I kind of found it a little bit unrealistic that she had it like with sex with a dude instead of like through masturbation, you know? And like, yeah, I, I, is that just me? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to agree with you, I think, but I also think that Jane's main problem was that she was so in her head, and, like, I think she even says it in the episode, she was so in her head, and then with Pinstripe, she could just, like, finally relax. 
That's true. So I think that that's kind of what they were pushing at. Like, maybe it's a little unrealistic, but I don't think it's that unrealistic. I, I think I, that that's totally something that could happen. Yeah. Now that I'm now that you point that out, I can see that. But I guess it's just like whenever I like have read stuff about women not having orgasms, like the main piece of advice is, hey, try masturbation. Try it. You know, that's like I mean, the, yeah, that's that's the advice the sexologist gave. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So another, so that's one big thing that's happening with Jane. And then the other is that she's on this political writer panel and is like super excited. But then she gets up there and hears the introductions for the three other panelists and is just so intimidated by, I know. by everyone else. Yeah, I felt there's... so bad for her. Like they all, everyone else has all these awards and everything. And she's yeah. just like, I started writing three weeks ago. So it was, <laughs> it was definitely a case of imposter syndrome. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Like, yeah, awards and like this one guy is writing a book that he keeps promoting and cutting her off and <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely a case of imposter syndrome after sure. she got there. For have sure. you ever have you ever felt imposter syndrome? I think I felt imposter syndrome this past week. Yeah, <laughs> like I I think I feel imposter syndrome all the time, and I don't know if it's just because I'm in my mid twenties or what, but like, yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it definitely happens a lot. But I think I, I think with me, it's getting better with time and experience Mm -hmm. and just, I mean, I don't know. I think my, like the best example is like networking for me. I'm kind of an introvert. And so pretending that you're not an introvert at networking events is a bit of a struggle, but like, honestly, I just, you fake it till you make it. Like that is advice that like I get from my mentors and it's so true. Yeah, And you literally, literally just pretend that you know you're not an imposter and then eventually you don't feel like one (laughs) yeah no that's the only way to do it I had um last year all of last year I was running a project at work which was very intimidating for the first three months um at least I want to probably say like the full year but (laughs) it was it was definitely a case of fake it until you make it no you totally do I mean whenever the job that I have now that I've been at with for three years um, the woman before me, like whenever I was first hired um, as a temp, I had had less than a year of experience and the woman who had left and I needed to like fill like her place quickly had like four or five years of experience on me. So yeah. like coming into that, I was very honest about like the experience that I had, but like having this hole where <laughs> like I, I and we kind of like adjusted, like, you know, I wasn't doing exactly what she was doing, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. Whenever I'm feeling imposter syndrome at work, the most used sentence that I have is, I don't know, but I can find that out. No, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. So yeah, it sucks, but yeah, I feel that. Yeah. But then, yeah, but then it actually turns out really well for Jane in the episode, you know, she goes to this panel and feels like she's underqualified and only gets in like two lines, but Then afterwards, the feedback that she gets is really good. Jacqueline's like, no, you did really well. Yeah, Alex does this great write-up on her. Jacqueline says, Mm -hmm. you did really well. And it turns out that um, the Peabody winner, I think, ends up quoting her in a tweet, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 And so she kind of has a mini freak out about that. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Jane's like on top of the world. And it's so awesome to see her being more confident I with agree. her personal life and pinstripe and then professionally. And, you know, you kind of it's it's the part in her journey where it feels like she's kind of settling into her own and seeing what she wants and going for it. It's so. like the middle of act one, I think. That's, that's yeah. usually the rule for that, right? Yeah. So that's Jane. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Sutton. 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 Brady. What is Sutton up to this episode? So she has applied to the to be the assistant for Oliver in the fashion department, and she's one of the front runners, uh, which is really exciting. But unfortunately, Oliver mistakes her for someone else who has fashion experience, and so she has this dilemma throughout the episode about whether she should tell him or not. And if she does, then yeah, she's telling the truth, but he, you know, might not hire her because she doesn't have fashion experience. But then if she doesn't tell him and he finds out, then she's lying. And so ultimately she doesn't tell him and he finds out and yeah, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, we kind of have this angel devil moment in the fashion closet where oh, yeah. uh, Kat says to not tell him and Jane is telling her to tell him. And it's, it's just interesting to see it play out. But, um, I think you were saying that you found this to be kind of cliche. A little bit. I don't know. I can't think of a specific example, but I just feel like I've seen this storyline before where there's a miscommunication and then there's this dilemma about whether or not you should tell the truth or not. And I, you know, I don't know. I just, it, that's why I kind of felt like this was a bit of a filler episode. Normally they do a good job of like taking these things and flipping them on their head or doing something different. But this one, this like storyline and dilemma just kind of felt old to me yeah and and i i agree with you it felt told before but i you know i still and again i enjoyed oh. watching the episode oh totally yeah totally yeah me too yeah yeah so ultimately um yeah oliver finds out uh well richard is trying to be supportive and tries to tell oliver all of the great things about sutton without you know giving away that they're together but i don't think he does that very well like he he softly pushes i think that's what he says is he he softly inquires yeah and like honestly it just comes off as a really supportive boyfriend wanting to brag about his girlfriend which is really sweet and adorable yeah. but but actually um Unfortunately, he reveals that she doesn't have fashion experience, and then Oliver, that's Oliver finding out that Sutton had lied to him. And I actually really liked this moment, um, because when Sutton finds out that it was Richard who spilled the beans, um, it actually causes conflict between her and Richard. It drives like a wedge. Um, she mentions it like very briefly, but she goes, oh my god, this means that I'm actually screwing up, that I'm actually sleeping with my boss and getting a better job because of it. And so she completely cuts Richard off. She takes matters into her own hands and she makes this truly amazing vision board. To give some backstory to what's going on, uh, Oliver asks her to do a mood board or he's asking all the final applicants to do a mood board. So she turns in this very cold and like fashion and digital, like you said, and like, it's not bad, but like, what he asked for was to make me feel something and, yeah. and it doesn't it, do that. It, it's like, she's trying to show him what she thinks he wants to see. And that's mm -hmm. not what he asked for, but um, she tears up all of her old clothes, her prom dress, a shirt she embroidered and all of these different stuff and puts it on mm -hmm. this board. And it's just 
like filled with color and pretty and real and broken and personal. And I loved it. Like I had to pause oh, yeah. the episode a few times just to see this beautiful board. Yeah, it was so good. And just like also her speech leading up to that is what like I loved it so much. Probably like my favorite scene of the episode where she goes up to Oliver and, you know, apologizes for lying and says that, you know, she she kind of gives her backstory that she didn't have fashion experience because she had to go to a school that was affordable for her and that she wants the job more than anything she's ever wanted and that she would work her ass off for him. And I love the line where she says, everything else you need to know about me is right here and drops off the mood board and walks out. That was such a great like mic drop moment. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was really great. And, and then, then we get this great, Oh, this great ending scene of Sutton grabbing Kat and well, uh, she, Jane and running through the office. Well, she gets the job. Like it's a really, really nice Sutton Oliver moment. Whenever he calls her in and says, "You know what? This is this is real. This is good," and reveals a bit of himself too that he's small town Oklahoma and didn't go to a fancy design school or Ivy League and that. And, and I thought that was really interesting that he said, "I guess I've hidden it too well." too well that you didn't feel that you could like come to me about this or be honest with me. Yeah. We get another instance of a mentor learning from their mentees this episode. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, I do kind of like that. So then she gets the job and she immediately runs to the girls and grabs them and they try to go to the fashion closet, but they can't. So we have this great like Scooby-Doo run around moment where she's, <laughs> she's trying to tell them, but she doesn't want to tell them in public. And I think my favorite part is they're like, are you okay? you're kind of scaring me she's like yeah i'm fine and she's furiously jamming the elevator button and then they freak <laughs> out in the elevator oh it was just such a cute scene i love oh, it oh it's so adorable yes i love that scene so much about yeah her grabbing them and like uh, jane is distracted because the peabody award winner has tweeted her and Sutton says that's great this is about me now because this is this is so much bigger than that come on and then jumping up and down and screaming on the elevator it's just oh so yeah adorable <laughs> so cute so cute yeah. so then uh let's talk about cat 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 edison so Adina's back this episode, which is great because we didn't see her at all last episode. Uh, she wants Cat slash Scarlet to write a character reference for her so that she can extend her work visa. Um, we also learn that Coco is moving to Paris in this episode. They only mention it once, but it is really important. So quick note. Cat uses the uh, letter as an excuse or an opportunity, if you're being an optimist, uh, <laughs> to spend more time with Adina. They go on this like really cliche kind of date thing, um, which is immediately turned on its head because they get harassed um, by this racist asshole. And Cat uh, gets arrested. So lots of stuff. Lots of stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, very, very big cat episode. This episode again, which I love. But yeah, yeah so we want to talk about the date. Like, yeah. Oh, the date was so, really cute. Oh, it was so cute. Oh, my goodness. It's, it was just so nice. Just, like, we mentioned this before that... Um, but it just this really set the tone for Kat and Adina being the romantic couple of the show in this season, and which it's really it's really awesome to see these you know ro- 
cliche rom-com tropes with these two uh, women of color in a relationship. So they walk by the water and Adina, you know, says, oh, it's such a lovely night. And then they run into this violinist who's playing in the park and it's just, oh, it just screams romance. It's amazing. It's it's very cute. Um, Quick note, there is another like half wordless scene here uh, with the violin player. He starts alone and then they slowly add in an orchestra and it's really, really pretty. And if you didn't notice that, you should go back and listen to it because it is super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really liked how Adina um, kind of forced Kat to focus in the moment. Um, I feel like it's really hard for all of us, but especially Kat because she's the social media director. Like, that's her job to be on yeah. her phone all the time. So I really liked seeing that interaction between the two of them. But yeah, no, definitely. It was a really, really good moment between them. Taking Kat's phone away. I'm taking this. No, you're going to be in the moment with me. It just, and them kind of talking about it just made their connection feel more real to me. Absolutely. I think, I think last episode or whenever it was that I I started liking Kat and Adina, this episode kind of like solidified it a little bit. Like, no, this is adorable. I like this a lot. So adorable. Oh, they're both so smitten. It's ridiculous. Like, (laughs) we also have our bubblegum pink moment. Which is this very romantic, like gushy date, which is then very abruptly interrupted by this racist asshole who, so Adina like gets a phone call from her mother and she starts talking in Persian and this uh, racist asshole comes up and we don't even want to say what he, what he said because it makes us too mad, but it's just <laughs> pretty much harassing Adina for being a Muslim yeah, and he just, speaking he, a different language. And it's just, he uh, judges her based on what he sees and what he hears, and it's it's terrible. So Kat ends up punching him, and so she actually <laughs> assaults him. Like that's yeah. legitimate. So she gets yeah. uh yeah she gets arrested for it. Um so we have this nice, you know, bubblegum pink cute date by the waterside, and then a, an assault and an arrest. <laughs> Well, and also, well, I guess the real, more real thing to me is just like the harassment that takes place right before that. Yeah, that's and, and, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> I really shouldn't have glossed over that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Cat's the one who's confronting this guy, and Adina's like, "Oh no, Cat, just let it go, please. Come on, let's go." And then he pushes Adina, and then she punches him, and then the police come, and then. Kat's like, wait, Adina can tell you what happened. Wait, where the fuck is Adina? And Adina has just, like, disappeared. And so Kat's really upset with her for kind of... She feels like she was abandoned by Adina in this, like, awful situation. And Well, she uh, kind of was abandoned by Adina in this awful situation. But um, Kat gets arrested. Jacqueline has to bail her out of jail. Which, like, pause... The walk in the office, hear yes. this phone call. You only get one call, and the immediate pivot and hand for the phone is oh just. Oh my god! It's so Jacqueline. I love it. I, it's so Jacqueline, and it is so hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so Cat has another like really good moments with. Jacqueline this episode, Dina comes by later to give her her phone, and Cat's really upset with her and was like, you know, you just abandoned me. You had a choice, and Dina's like. No, I didn't actually. In my situation where, 
you know, I'm like trying to extend my work visa. I and I'm a Muslim lesbian in today's America. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. So Jacqueline has this great mentorship moment with Kat um, where she points out that, no, she actually really didn't have a choice. Um, and that was really you know, kind of scary for her because she totally could have been deported if the police had caught her or anything like that, especially if they were the wrong kind of police. Yeah. And I mean, we both love Kat so much, but I do like how she's not perfect and can be in her own head like a lot of times. And, you know, it, it can't see a situation from another person's point of view. And it really took Jacqueline saying, yeah, I think, I think her being deported would have been a real possibility. If I she think, had... I think that it's not quite cat, not seeing it from her point of view. I think it's her being hurt and angry. And so yeah. it's, it's really, really hard for her to see it from Adina's point of view. I think that's a better way to put it. Yeah. 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 yeah but yeah. it's, but it's okay, guys, because at the end of the episode, Kat writes the um, reference letter for Adina and goes and goes to her place to give it to her and apologizes and like pretty much tells Adina what she thinks of her and how she feels and then they kiss. <laughs> it's so oh, it's so romantic. Like yeah. you know, oh my goodness, I love it. Which I think that's what Jane mentioned that she should do in the first place. Just, she should just tell Adina how she feels. And Kat was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like the acting in that scene with the woman who plays Kat, I'm just still blown away by that scene and just like how vulnerable Kat is whenever she goes to Adina and confesses her feelings. And yeah. like, it's, like how nervous she is. And she says a few lines like, you're right. We are from different worlds, but I want you to be in mine. And yeah, you know, you're the the only person to ever throw me off my game. And that is so true. Like, you know, we're used to seeing Kat so confident and like in charge and literally she's like, her voice is shaking and she looks so nervous in this scene and vulnerable and exposed. And it's just, ah, so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, the acting and the writing in this scene is very, very good. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, this is one of those really good scenes where it's just Kat and, uh, like, because most of the time the really good scenes are with the three of them, and this was just Kat and Adina, and it was so, so good. I really liked it. Their kiss is so magical, and... I'm a romantic at heart, so my, I was very happy with him. And Elizabeth's rolling her eyes at me right now. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> no, if if you like, yeah, it was just, it was such a great scene. It Definitely. was very cute. I will agree with you. So, Price, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, my gosh, the Katadina kiss, obviously. Duh, I should have known. I really should have known. Duh. <laughs> Like hands down, like there's no there's no competition there. The <laughs> romantic prize, liking the romantic kiss that, you know, yeah, obviously. That's <laughs> what fair. was your favorite moment? I think I'm gonna actually pick three. Uh one for each of the girls. So the the intro scene with Jane, Sutton's board, and when she reveals it to Oliver, <laughs> and then yeah, cat's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm also going to add uh, the elevator jumping up and down and screaming scene. Yeah, we can't forget that. We can't forget that one. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's in all the promos. Can't forget that. <laughs> Katadina Kiss is definitely higher ranked for me That's than true. that one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think I, well, yeah, I mean, before we talked about it, my favorite just like initial 
reaction was the very first scene because like I love pinstripe, so that's my thing. <laughs> that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. oh, he's super supportive in this episode as well. Like they, like he goes to the panel. He goes to her uh, her panel, yeah. which is really sweet. He, he's a little cutie. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so like the multi portrays really supportive boyfriends. Yeah, and I'm loving not- it. And, like, boys that you're dating and having sex with, but maybe aren't boyfriends yet, like Pinstripe is. We've got to come up with, like, an anti-Bechadel test, because I'm pretty sure this is, like, <laughs> the opposite of it. It's great. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what are we looking forward to with Sutton? She got the job! Episode? She got the job! She got the fashion job! I know. Yes. I'm so proud of her. I'm so excited for her and like actually being in the fashion department and pursuing that goal and like having more of a relationship with Oliver. Like it's she, so much fun to see her succeed and especially like at how hard she had to try to succeed. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think there's more of a mentorship with her and Oliver than it will be with her and Jacqueline. So It'll be good to see that. That makes sense. Um, what about Jacqueline? Speaking of her, uh, what are you excited about for her? Um, the new political angle that she's going for with the magazine and like that, I think will definitely bring Jane in more. Yeah. And just actually, you know, seeing that storyline develop is really cool. Absolutely. What about Jane? Jane, Jane, I'm really excited for more political writing. Um, you know, I'm a political junkie, so it's always really fun to see that in an episode. Um, I'm always more excited to see more Ryan because he is a hottie <laughs> and he's really, really cute. Um, and I'm also, I'm, I'm really excited at how confident she was at the end of this episode. It's really good to see her like come into her element and feel justified in doing so. Yeah, exactly. It's It's been a slow build of her gaining more confidence and being more sure of herself and ditto with the political writing. It definitely feels like... She's kind of found what she wants to write about, which looks like, you know, it kind of seemed like she was struggling in the first two episodes with that. And ditto more pinstripe. <laughs> yep. What about Kat? Uh, her and Adina, obviously. They just kissed. <laughs> they kissed. Like, oh, my God. They kissed. They kissed. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh. oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So her and Adina, like, and yeah. just the development of that romantic relationship some more. So. So cute. Anyway, um, yeah, so this was our nice, quick episode four podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We're really looking forward to the next episode. Episode five is my favorite, so it's going to be great. You can subscribe to TNTV on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast hub. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TTV Podcast. Check out our website, www.tntv.com, for related links and commentary. And be sure to watch The Bold Type with us, available on Freeform.com, Hulu, and Amazon. Join us next time when we pick apart Episode 5, No Feminism in the Champagne Room, and discuss our favorite moment in women negotiating their salary. If you're not watching The Bold Type like you should be, still keep us on your subscription list for our episodes later in the year. We have a wide range of tastes and love hearing suggestions. So until next time, drink tea and happy binging.